Welcome to our Easter Sunday morning service. We begin with the great Easter acclamation. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. A reading as we begin our service from John chapter 20, beginning to read at verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying. One at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she said this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Today is Easter Sunday. Many things are different. One is still the same. Jesus is alive. He has risen from the dead. While the world seems to pivot in front of our very eyes, history records the Easter story as the very pivot around which all time and space turns. So at this hugely significant time in our lives, Perhaps it's fitting to re-enter the seminal moments of the Easter story from a message straight from the heart of God's word for today. If you wish to follow the Bible reading I was speaking from, it's from the Gospel of Jesus' life according to John, chapter 20, verses 19 to 22. It is now evening on that first Easter day, 
We notice something familiar for we read the disciples are together in a house in lockdown, only going out sparingly for fear of what might happen to them. We know too, but only two of the disciples have been out earlier in the day and entered the empty tomb where Jesus' dead body had been laid. In this encounter with the disciples, the risen Jesus brings three gifts. There are three gifts we all need at this time. We're used to hearing of three gifts at Christmas, but also two at Easter. Firstly, Jesus brings peace to their troubled hearts. The atmosphere in that house that evening would have been on edge, certainly apprehensive, possibly even tense. And we read Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. There are lots of troubled, anxious hearts at present in our homes and quite understandably. And Jesus wants to come and brings his peace into those situations. There is a very famous Bible verse that says the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. To know the peace of God does not mean we won't feel anxious at times or we won't have any problems. It means instead we have the presence of the resurrected living Jesus with us. Shortly after the lockdown began in Jersey, I sent a note to the elderly living in the parish homes in St. Juan, reminding them of God's love for them. And also that when they might feel fearful to sing part of a favourite hymn. It's something I do in my own life. I sing a line of or two of the great Easter hymn, Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. In my life, I can testify over and over again to the faithfulness of God. As I've sang just a line and the peace that comes of bringing the resurrection of Jesus into my daily life. Jesus came and brought the gift of peace to anxious hearts. Secondly, Jesus brings the gift of joy to the disciples' sceptical hearts and minds. At this stage, only Mary Magdalene has seen the risen Jesus. And she's told the disciples that he's alive. But for many, if not all of the disciples, if you know the story, she would have been an unreliable witness. So Jesus invites them to see and examine the scars from the crucifixion in his prototype resurrection body. His hands bearing the marks of the nails and his pierced side from the spear. We read then that they rejoiced. The resurrection is not some pie-in-the-sky idea in which you leave your brains at the entrance of a church building. Jesus invites us all to come in with our hearts and minds open and examine the evidence for the resurrection ourselves. The empty tomb, the eyewitness accounts, the changed lives. When we do, billions of people have concluded that the simplest and most plausible explanation of what happened that first Easter Sunday morning is Jesus rose from the dead. And one more piece of evidence. It brings joy. You know it's real and it, it changes you. Let's be clear, joy doesn't mean we go around all the time with a big grin on our faces, especially in these days. It's much deeper than that. Joy means you know Jesus Christ. And it brings strength. His resurrection strength. 
I've said before the coronavirus will cause a huge impact upon the mental, social and emotional well-being of people as well as what it might and does do physically. It attacks our hearts and minds. It robs us of joy. Jesus said to his disciples before he died that after his death their pain would turn to joy and no one would take that away which they were now experiencing. Those of us in Christ are to be people who bring peace and joy. The peace and joy of Christ into the worlds into which we have now been sent by him. We can only do this through the third gift that Jesus brought that first Easter. We read thirdly, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. In a world where the coronavirus attacks our ability to breathe, we need to know more than ever the breath of God's Holy Spirit breathing life, his supernatural life into us. There's a beautiful verse in the New Testament part of the Bible that if we're honest, we struggle to believe. But it says this, and I paraphrase, that if you know Jesus, the same power that conquered the grave now lives in you. When I see that now infamous image, you know the image I mean, of what the coronavirus looks like. It looks like a crown. In fact, I've read that's why it's called the coronavirus, because corona in Latin means crown. What is a crown? It's a symbol of power and authority. And this virus, even though it's invisible, we can see the power and authority and hold it has over us and the whole world. There was, though, one more set of scars from Jesus' body the disciples would have seen. The scars from wearing a crown, a crown of thorns. And God took Jesus' dead body and performed the greatest miracle known to humanity and breathed his almighty power into his nostrils and took authority over the greatest virus, the enemy of death, and commanded the dead body of Jesus to live. There is no greater power and authority than this. If you are in Christ, he lives in you. Most days, if we're honest, we struggle to believe that same power of the Holy Spirit lives in us, let alone what it looks like to live it out, even in part. But one day we will not. And so I want to leave you today with an invitation. An invitation to receive that same Holy Spirit afresh. For the Bible says be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. He too is invisible. But we can sense and know his presence. His power and his authority working through us. And he can move beyond the screen. The way I do this is to pray what may be the oldest and maybe simplest prayer in the church. I just open my arms and say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. It's not a command. It's barely an invitation, but a plea for his help. And I sense his presence with me. And in me. And so maybe at the end of this message, you might just want to press pause before moving on. And pray now or throughout this day and throughout this week and forever. Come Holy Spirit, fill me with your peace and your joy.